0: Just when you think it couldn't get any easier, the folks at the Grainfather have come up with the g G40, now available in the U.S., more volume, 40 liters, up to 10 gallons, Wi-Fi connectivity, and a sight glass, all the bells and whistles of the original all-in-one, but ready for more brewing.
1: Grainfather continues to offer quality, state-of-the-art homebrew equipment and impeccable customer service for the 21st century homebrewer. The Grainfather community app with recipe building software helps you bring your vision to life all from the comfort of your mobile device. Check them out at Grainfather.com. Brewed Up is grateful for the sponsorship from Premier Malt Group. Premier Malt Group is a family-owned exclusive distributor of Alberta Malt Barley from Origin Malting and Brewing and Family Ventures. Alberta Malt Barley is recognized as the world's best barley for craft brewers and provides full traceability to the exact field where they grow it. Order by the 55-pound bag or pallet by phone or email. Find the contact info in our show notes.
0: Thank you for streaming this little Homebrew podcast.
1: Brewed Up chronicles the fermentation highs and lows of Tyler Sadler of the Valley and Lori Ann Gutierrez of South
0: Central LA. We also discuss breweries, cats, tacos, other adult bevs, and, and whatever, whatever
1: else comes, comes to mind. mind. This show is available to listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, and wherever else you like to listen. Now, here's the show. <laughs> There we go. That's not pretending. Oh, I think we're live, guys. <laughs> oh! We're live, declaring our love for each other live. Hey, we on... are. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say, I. We've love been
2: live for fifteen you. seconds.
1: Oh, oh, nice. Okay. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, Wibs. How are you guys
0: doing? Um, I'm Tyler, and I'm Lori, and we have a podcast called Brewed Up. It's on most platforms. And listen, it's not like it's real casual. I just, (laughs) that's what we want you to know. So if you're looking for a casual homebrew podcast, yeah, kind of, yeah,
1: shoot the shit about homebrew and, you know, stuff that we like to drink, et cetera. People, we talk to a lot of people, interview some cool, some cool people. So yeah, that's our podcast. And, we're here with Denny and Drew. I don't know if you guys want to introduce yourselves or yeah. you don't really need to, but you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm Denny.
2: And I'm Drew. Drew.
0: <laughs> All right. So today we're going to share our experience and knowledge in podcasting, which is... Not a lot. And brewing, which again, not a lot. Just hey, saying. we
1: got some. We got we some can knowledge.
0: Know, we got some chops. <laughs> okay. Um, as well, as ask some questions between us. And we're basically getting to know each other. We don't know these guys, but it's been a long time coming. So it's pretty cool that we're here together.
3: Yeah. yeah. Any opportunity to talk beer is a good time.
1: Agreed. Very much so.
2: Or audio equipment. Ha. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah luckily i we are all clearly podcasters we got the super nice mics the headphones we know what we're doing you know good audio audio quality
3: um <laughs> either we know, either we know what we're doing or we're really good at faking it <laughs> both are important we look yes. like we know what we're
1: doing <laughs> um so yeah i guess it, we're, we're just gonna jump into this podcasting um I feel like a lot of people are kind of into it. Obviously, uh, we've been doing it personally for what, a year and a half now? So still pretty new, but we know we, we do it that's by season.
0: Why? What do you mean? We started right before the pandemic. and Yeah. Then...
1: Oh, so maybe we're doing two years. Maybe a little longer. We don't know. But look, COVID
3: threw everybody's calendars
1: yeah, off. Let's face it, it, <laughs> it, totally, yeah, it did. totally did. We don't even know what year it is,
0: to yeah, be honest. It's Definitely but... <laughs> 1994 right now. We've so let's been, say we've so been go ahead
2: for about five years five okay. and a half oh. years uh we've got two podcasts that we do and we've got uh, 151 episodes of one and about 90 of the other one
3: no no about 116 of the other one
2: 100 116 <laughs> wow yeah
3: dang That's we so... don't even know
0: <laughs> so for if you guys don't know if anybody doesn't know obviously i, I don't know denny and drew run the experimental homebrewing podcast which has been going on now for five years and you should tune in if you don't already and now you have two cool homebrew podcasts to, check to out. listen to mm-hmm. yeah so tell us how did you guys meet each other what's your like how did, how <laughs> did you like what was your
2: first date like <laughs> I think uh, it
0: was at Humber Con, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, it was the Humber Con in Denver. I don't even remember when that was. Uh, it was like maybe, uh, 2008, 2008 maybe. Yeah, yeah, something about like that. Ooh. I was I was in a shuttle van to the hotel and Drew jumped in and said, "Hi, my name's Drew." He knew me. I had no idea who the hell he was. Uh and you know, we just we kind of started talking and uh, then a few years later uh, he had gotten an offer to write a book and he was in the process of writing another one at the time so he contacted me to see if i'd like to co-author and that was uh, that was experimental homebrewing and uh, ever since then we've been married
3: it, 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 it is weird. Like I've shown up at places and I've been giving a talk, and everybody's like, wait, are you allowed to do something without Denny?
1: <laughs> <laughs> are you guys having a
3: fight right now? Hey, are yeah. you not
0: talking?
3: <laughs> yeah, right but now? I mean, like uh, literally, it was one of those things now. By the way, I'm I'm a full-blown nerd and introvert, and I am fairly shy in actual person. And you know, something about being at a beer event just made it like it like brings out the slightly social monster in me. I, I personally blame the beer. Uh, but yeah, so like me going up today and going, hey, I'm Drew, how are you? Uh, very uncharacteristic for me.
2: And and truthfully, I'm the same way. So it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. But you know, um, what, what can I say? Yeah, uh, and
3: apparently we both had the same sort of brain damage, because he survived making one book with me. And mm. that, sh- that would have actually driven most people away. Because uh, writing a book is not fun. Don't Sounds do it. Scary. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he actually, he actually enjoyed the torture enough that he signed up to do another book with me, and then another book with me, and then at one wow. point in time he decided to retire. You know, from a day job. And I said, well, you know, retirement's a really bad thing because the people in my family tend to die about two years after they retire. Uh, Not mine so, though. Yeah, mine. Uh, and so a little morbid. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's the Irish side of the family. Um, but I, I just looked at him and I said, well, you know, since you got all this time, how about we do a podcast? And he's like, oh, God. And then it happened. Well,
2: well yeah, actually, actually, what really happened uh, was we were in Brazil uh, for a conference uh, not too long after our first book came out.
0: Pause. Pause. What? Pause. Tell us about a, a, a beer conference in Brazil. Can you just – I mean, that's just like <laughs> such a casual thing to to
2: do, but – Nice. It, it, it was it was pretty much like any other homebrew conference, you know. There were talks and there were parties. Uh, it was in a place called Florianopolis, which is kind of a, an island off the south coast of Brazil. Uh, in, in some ways, like Hawaii, it,
3: it's um, the capital of the state of Catarina, Santa Catarina. Yeah, you know, wait, if you know wait, wait, Hold Sours.
2: on,
0: hold on, hold on. <laughs> do you guys do you guys frequent? international beer conferences is that one of your summits yeah, yeah not yeah, as often I mean, as we'd like to
2: well I mean, yeah uh, brazil new zealand australia wow where wow. else have we been? yeah those are the
3: uh, those are the big ones we've done uh, obviously a lot of virtual talks in other places i'd still like to you know figure out some way finagle a trip over to ireland or belgium mm. yeah yeah um, drew
2: didn't Drew didn't make it to New Zealand. that was just me, but then we both did uh, did Australia went we talked at a conference there and then uh, rented a car and spent uh, four or five days just driving up and down the coast of Australia and seeing the sights and stuff like that. So uh, paying, out,
3: paying outrageous data rates to stream the radio broadcast of the World Series.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, wow. As <laughs> we <laughs> really driving. But, but so when we were in Brazil, the guys there, the the local homebrew club, uh, had rented a bus and they were taking us around just to see breweries and the sites and stuff like that. And Drew and I started doing our usual banter. I mean, if you've ever read any of our books, you know that they're written very conversationally, just kind of mm-hmm. like we'd be talking to each yeah. other, giving each other crap. And one of the guys, one of the Brazilians, looked at another one and said, it's like the book has come to life. Yep. And, well, and- because, the, because the other thing, in all of
3: our books, and it's, it's taken a while for us to get editors to allow us to do this, yeah. all of our books contain individually quoted asides from us. And they're literally a conversation between the two of us in the books, yeah. And with all the usual sort of snarky bullshit that we try and pull. So yeah, and Brazil, uh, Brazil was a lot of fun. It was also one of those moments when I learned I talk a hell of a lot faster <laughs> than, than I think I do, <laughs> because they had translators sitting back in a booth, like at the UN, and Ooh. people wearing headphones out in the audience translating my English, God help them, into Portuguese, and. After we did our first seminar, I, I was talking with the translators and I said, is there anything that I can do to help make this easier for you? Because they <laughs> said, oh, you know, we went out and we watched YouTube videos of you guys speaking. We listened to, you know, other audio recordings of you to figure out your idioms and your patterns and all this sort of stuff. Oh,
0: which, wow.
3: Spooky. Um, but then Doing our research. Yeah. <laughs> I asked them, is there anything I can do to help you? And they're like, yeah. Slow down.
2: Slow down a little mm. bit. And they had me stand <laughs> at the back of the room and wave at him and him to slow down.
3: <laughs> you know what's so funny
1: is when you asked uh when you guys when you asked uh Drew to do the po- or sorry, vice versa, Denny to do the podcast, and you said oh god, we had the exact same thing happen when Lori asked me to do a podcast. <laughs> I was like, Oh god, and then it happened, so similar, well, I mean- similar origin story
2: i have well, I've been an audio engineer most of my life. I ran a recording studio for thirty years and stuff. so I had an idea <laughs> that's that's from the rock and roll life that I led at the same time mm. um the um you know it it was like when when we decided to do the podcast, I had been retired long enough that I had forgotten just how boring and time-consuming editing is mm. uh you know when when we started it was about 10 hours of editing for every hour of on-air stuff wow um, and i'm 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 down to about three now because i'm back in practice but uh you know the the experimental brewing pro- podcast is probably twice three times as long as brew files and when brew files was the second one and uh when drew said he wanted to do a second podcast i went okay dude if we do it it's all you uh so and it it takes him about as long to edit that shorter podcast as it does me for the longer one but he hasn't had 50 years of experience like i have i think it's really cool that i just kind of threw him into it and said okay here's the software you figure it out mm-hmm. yep. wow yeah, but I'm, I mean,
1: I'm I'm the editor on our team. She doesn't. like fun, me... isn't it?
0: I went to no. school
1: for a TV production, so that helped a little bit. I don't use oh. the degree anymore, but I I guess I use it for podcasting. Now. Yeah, she,
0: right. She won't edit. She won't let me say anything bad. We can't.
1: I. It's got to be a one hit, one hit. You know. You Keep know. It simple. I'm just trying to oh. listen through it and. Oh. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I know.
2: It, I, what you hear is what happens. I I would guess that in. Our experimental brewing podcast, I probably make a couple thousand edits and most of them are less than a second long. So that I can get a conversational flow to things.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Largely has to take out my long pauses. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say,
1: let's talk about that. So, you know, right now your, your podcast has several segments, right? Maybe like five or six. Did it start like that or did it eventually over time get there?
2: No, it got there there pretty quickly. Yeah. Drew decided right off the bat that he wanted to have it be like we're in a house moving from room to room doing different things so you know we have we have the pub we have the brewery the lab the lounge you know and so Ooh, i we...
0: love the vision yes <laughs> the
2: home <laughs> well, essentially yeah, yeah.
3: well and it, it comes from the fact that, like i'm I, again i'm a nerd um and i'm fascinated by concepts like uh, the roman room and uh, roman rooms a memory technique and the idea is that in order to remember things, you you visually place them in individual rooms in a house. Um, and then when you go to recall, you you know, okay, that's got to be in the dining room. So I'll go into virtually into the dining room and look around and, and try and figure out where I'm at. Um, and so that's exactly where that concept came from. This is why Denny thinks I'm insane. <laughs> uh,
2: that's, that's one of many. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, we kind of started like, I don't even know, kind of loosely. We're like, let's get together and talk about beer. Oh, okay. You know, and kind of, you know, have a rough outline. Actually, we didn't start with outlines. That was a big mistake.
0: Wow, outline, what a concept. <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs>
1: so we kind of just talked, talk, 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 talk. There was no structure. And then I was like, I can't edit this. This is no. driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. We need to have some sort of structure, right? So then we started the outline and it, it got a little bit better after that, but we still don't really have. Seg- I mean, we have one segment, it's the home brewery update that we have in the beginning, just talk about, you know, kind of like w- what you guys have with the, it going in the brewery, talking about your brewing and stuff. But the rest of the time it's like, let's just do an interview or talk about a certain subject.
2: Um, but... Drew Drew puts together a script for each episode, but it's not like a wow. word for okay. word script. It's it's more like a, a a list of what topics we want to discuss in each section. Yeah, know? Well, mm-hmm. links
3: links off to very like if they're news articles and whatnot, links off to those news articles so that we can have them up on the screen. And um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it's kind of funny. I think the the main show, which again, runs usually somewhere around 90 minutes. uh that probably has about a hundred line outline in it um Mm -hmm. and then but then anytime we're doing an interview we'll have you know just some some simple questions that we generally ask people or you know if i'm really trying to keep a focus then yeah i'll put together a full outline otherwise kind of do what you do and it's just like okay let's let's get into a conversation i usually also like to uh mess with people and make denny's job editing harder Mm. in the fact that i'll start Mm -hmm. recording when we sit down and mm-hmm. just start having a regular conversation with somebody and then cut into the fact that, oh, hey, by the way, we're on the air. <laughs> yeah.
1: I like that. That's fun. little candid yeah, chat. Yeah, I love a know? candid chat.
2: Yeah, and I have you to know. figure out how the hell to make it work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have a, a Patreon page, and we were pretty – we haven't done it in a while because we've had some pretty serious – professional guests on, but yeah. Sometimes we have guests and we stop the podcast, but we continue recording and then we get a little a little extra drunk and <laughs> <laughs> we call it we call it the after hours. We call it after hours. It does get yeah. a little gossipy and we, we we oh hey, this is on our after so that's fun.
1: It's Generally like, just talk shit about everyone privileged in content. <laughs> yes.
2: We we almost never drink before or during recording uh, yeah, a lot I of that, is be- that. Mm-hmm. because we we record like at noon on friday usually um, mm. so but then every year when we go to the to homebrew con and record our live podcast there <laughs> the dr- no drinking goes out the window and yeah. god knows what'll happen
3: well and you can usually tell when you listen to those live episodes uh they're a hell of a lot more squirrely yeah but mm. uh but then, like, I also do things where, um, so because I can, because I do think it's important to actually kind of be in places. Of course, that's kind of been hard the past couple of years. Uh, I have a whole mobile field kit uh, that I can drag around the world, and, and I have dragged it around the world to do mm-hmm. uh, interviews in various places. And so, like, next week is the Southern California Homebrewers Festival in Temecula. We'll be
0: there.
3: I will be. I'll be there as well. So we'll be cool. able to okay. share a beer.
0: We'll drag Sweet. that kid on over.
3: Well, and that's what—that's exactly what I'm going to do. I have actually tortured Denny in the past with giving him raw audio from uh, the homebrew festival and <laughs> had him trying to find something yeah. workable on it. Yeah,
1: and, and it is funny because it
3: goes—it goes down in quality pretty quick.
1: that's fine i mean let's talk about that because we actually just got a little remote um set up ourselves we got the Mm -hmm. pod track i think that's what it's called Fuzzy mic. yeah so we have the the four you know mic inputs and stuff it's pretty rad we've used it a couple times Mm -hmm. um but like technology wise i guess what do you guys have for remote and what do you guys use when you're recording at home
3: well you want to tackle the the home
2: Yeah, at home, um, we actually record um, into Pro Tools uh, running on, uh, on, I run a PC, Drew runs a Mac. Pro Tools, uh, if you guys don't know, is like the pro software. It's what every movie in the entire world does Mm -hmm. their audio with, right? And we do that because probably back in the late 80s, I became a beta tester for DigiDesign and Pro Tools. And so I just know it inside and out, and it's really easy and natural for me to use it. So even though it's kind of overkill, it's, it's good. So the, the signal chain is we use uh, Neumann TLM-102 mics uh, into an ART tube uh, preamp EQ compressor. That gets fed into a Focusrite Scarlet audio interface, that then goes into our computers. Uh, I'm. We also have. I don't, know, I don't think I. Can and you guys
3: both have that at at both houses. Sounds, yep. Yeah, yeah. We, we made sure to match have a match set up. Now, by the way, <laughs> so that mic that that mic that Denny is talking to is the, is the von Neumann. Uh, those are not just, just Neumann, no von. No, yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, just Neumann. Uh, those are the neumann uh, neumann mics those are not cheap mics oh, uh, but they're they're cheap, not... they're
2: cheap for neumanns they're only 800 bucks you know right. Ooh, but,
0: I ask.
3: but here's the thing is i, I will tell you the first 4ish years of the podcast uh we did on a pair of mics that were 99 dollars mm-hmm. so um get a good mic that sounds good for you and then everything else is about cleaning it up.
2: I mean, there's, there's one school of thought that says, okay, I'm doing a podcast. It's going to end up as an MP3 file where the audio quality is going to be compromised. So why do I need good equipment to do that? The other school of thought says is if the final product is going to be audio compromised, then you need as high quality as you can get at the front end to maintain as much of that as possible all the way through. And right. that's, that has always been my philosophy. So uh, when we could afford it, we went for the good mics and, and everything else. And um, they do sound so good. Yeah. Drew, Drew uses a, like his little field setup is like a, a zoom, uh, a four track zoom recorder that Not he up. uses.
3: Mm-hmm. Not, um, it's the zoom H six now. So oh, I have a, I have a six track recorder, even though I'm usually only recording on two, although okay. I'll, I'll also record ambient as well. Just uh, to help us do noise cancellation or to mix in a little sound of the air. So area.
2: professional. <laughs> for, but, but for like recording the live shows and stuff like that, like we do at HBC, uh, when we go to a Hop and Brew School in Yakima, we usually record a live show there. We use a QSC TouchMix 8 which is a 14 channel uh, digital mixer with a uh, recorder built into it. Yep. So Did after we nerds. Lori's looking at me like, yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are we doing i think this mic was 25 on amazon yeah. <laughs> hey you know what are we doing? whatever
2: but yeah so the touch mix 8 records onto a, a usb stick and then uh, after we've got a live show recorded on there i just plug that into my pc import all the files into pro tools and edit from there
3: yeah and, and then like with that portable kit like i said i use a zoom h6 which is a really nice, actually budget-friendly uh, recorder, and and if you don't need the six tracks, then you can get away pretty well with the the Zoom H4, uh, which is even less expensive. And yeah, the we Zums just use pretty good. yeah, they yeah. are. And then Denny's got the headset mics that we use right there. Yeah, you know, yeah. So
2: then we we use these uh, these Audio Technica BH240 headsets and mics, kind of like sportscasters do. Uh, and we cool. use those for our live recording because we have discussed we tried to use our really hot shit uh, condenser mics to do live recording, and they just have too much gain and they're too open and we would just end up with way too much feedback. So we went with the uh, with the headsets. so we got a bunch of those for us and our guests
3: yeah can <laughs> can you tell that we are both nerds and gearheads?
0: This is all super impressive, by the way. Very well, <laughs>
3: you know we'll get there. I think it's
0: oh yeah, you know,
1: it's a good comparison. Okay. You know, our, I think our our podcast still sounds pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. We're we still use like at least on my end, I do use an enter an interface M audio, um, pretty mm-hmm. standard. Well,
2: that's little, what I use. Little before. small
1: guy, yeah. And then like Laurie said, I mean these mics, the the pop filter, I would say is. For anyone trying to start a podcast, it's definitely super helpful. Oh yeah, you want that? Yeah, it changed our audio mm-hmm. so much, yeah. um, and this was also, you know, pretty inexpensive. Um, but yeah, I, I, we we also live kind of not far from each other. We both live in L.A., but like Drew will understand. She lives in South L.A. I live in San Fernando Valley. It's like forty. Yeah, kilometers. that can be brutal. So yeah. it could be either really close or really far. Yeah. So we usually will record. Um, remotely, actually, on this thing called ZenCaster. I don't know. Have you guys used cool. that before? No. That
3: we, we, I've played with ZenCaster before. We, when we're doing remotes, particularly with guests, yeah, uh, we tend to use uh, clean a clean feed. Okay. If if we're just recording, and that's cleanfeed.net. If we're just recording the two of us, uh, then we just go literally into like Google Hangouts, call oh. each other with Google, and then we're both striping locally. And then cool. we pull the tracks back into Pro Tools and go. Bed, okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah.
2: Just the two of us. Yeah, we each record locally. Drew uploads his file into uh, Dropbox, and I grab it from there, put it into Pro Tools, and line them up to sync everything, and and go from there. Uh, but you know, yeah, we're. I mean, we're eight hundred miles apart. So yeah, you guys are much farther yeah. than we are. And the Google oh, Hangouts say... has
0: a video, right? <laughs> It, it
3: does, but for our podcast, we don't do the video uh, normally. So This is
2: Rocky. Everybody say <gasps> hi to Rocky. Hi, Rocky. Oh, my God. She's our foundling.
0: We're very cat
2: friendly. you Oh, Can the cat yeah. play the ukulele or
3: just you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think cute. either one of us can. I
3: was <laughs> going to say, you're presupposing that Denny can play the ukulele. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I need to take skills. a quick break here. I'll be right back. Okay. Oh, yeah, God. no problem. Well, oh, let's God, what are you. Guys, you.
0: What no, I'm done? curious. Um, tell us a little bit about like your just your homebrewing background. Yeah. Um,
3: oh, yeah. So like my very first batch of beer I ever did was probably about 1993, 1994, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. when I was a very, very broke college student, as all college students are. And um, okay. <laughs> I did a batch of beer when I was at, in, in Boston. And we, we enjoyed it. We enjoyed the results of it. And then we went and made a second batch and it went horribly wrong. And then school got in the way and I never I never brewed again. And then I moved out here to L.A. and I was working for a big entertainment company. And um, everybody's familiar with the idea. Like when you're a young person starting your career, you inevitably get involved in some sort of project where you're working stupid, crazy hours all the time, Mm -hmm. never ending because you're trying to prove yourself. Right. Look, uh, look at me, guys. I'm awesome. Promote me. Um, and I got into this project where I literally for 10 months worked a hundred hour work weeks, no, no weekends, no holidays, no nothing. And I got out the other side of it and I couldn't remember what I did for fun before. And then I remembered homebrewing and I went over to the home beer, wine, cheese making shop over Woodland Hills. And I walked in and John Don May greeted me and said, Oh, Hey, welcome to the party, you know, show, show me around. And it just took, and that was about 1999. Okay. So, and since then, I mean, the place I'm talking to you guys from right now, this is my garage slash brewery with my little hoplite. I noticed friendors. that. Yeah. Cool. Um. So it's it's a it's grown into sort of a bunch of madness, which is I think what any hobby should do at some point.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: It always spirals spirals out of control, right? <laughs> oh yeah.
0: In a good oh, way. Uh, in a good way. Yeah. yeah exactly.
3: Uh, I mean. Uh, I'm just very grateful I have this little space that I can use for it. Um, and I would show you guys my cats, but my cats are all inside and they don't like the outdoors. So we're
2: all cat people. That's <laughs> oh awesome. Oh my gosh. I have yeah. a cat. What? Four cats, this two dogs. Me their... and, and I'm
3: the opposite. I've got two cats and four dogs.
1: Very cute. Yeah, <laughs> well, I have a cat. Lori happened. has a, two cats. Sorry, our, our screen just Wait, changed for some what reason. Just,
0: what is <laughs> Uh oh there we go we're back okay hello sorry uh denny, the universe we, just wanted confusion it did mm-hmm. it was like zoom zoom was like what about me and it was like no it's crowdcast <laughs> uh denny what's your homebrew origin story Which is what um, we just asked. asked
2: when, when i owned my recording studio uh mm-hmm. my my business partner um had Started homebrewing a little bit and you know, i being here in in oregon. I was like definitely into the whole beer scene and stuff Plus, you know, i'd been playing in bars for 30 years in rock and roll bands and so, you know uh, I knew that there had to be something better than budweiser long Um So my my business partner Gus started homebrewing. I'd always been interested, but I thought, you know I just don't have the, the space to do it in and uh, anywhere so he showed me that you know you can do it in your kitchen. Put the fermenter in a closet. You're set. So, uh, for my my birthday, my wife uh, bought me like a kit of equipment ingredients from Costco, uh, and I brewed the first batch. That's good. Uh okay. and, Kirkland. <laughs> yeah, um, and I one of my most vivid memories after 24 years and 588 batches is still opening my first bottle (laughs) of homebrew and hearing it go and it was Mm -hmm. like shit i have done magic yes you know and and it actually tasted good too you know and so it's it's kind of like a monster was born Uh, i did a few more extract batches uh, then i started doing i did one partial mash batch then i decided well if i'm gonna do partial mash. I must, I might as well just do all grain. Brewed like out of my deck for a while and eventually convinced my wife, uh, we should spend a whole bunch of money to remodel our garage. And one side of it could be for me brewing and the other side of it could be for her gardening stuff. Mm -hmm. And she actually fell for that. I mean, she's really smart, (laughs) (laughs) but she did anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Now she has one little corner where my shit isn't in the way, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and (laughs) So that, you know, like I said, that was in 1998. I I just had my 24th anniversary on March 19th and brewed my 588th batch, which was uh, my rye IPA recipe that uh, mm. lots and lots of people are familiar with and have brewed. Uh, my brewing style has changed a whole lot since then. I no longer use the... Uh, the cooler with the toilet hose in it, and the converted keg on a propane burner. Uh, Drew and I are both very heavily into grandfather equipment these days. Mm-hmm. I have the mm-hmm. the G40 and the G70. Mm. Uh, Drew has a G30. We mm-hmm. each have uh, three of their conical fermenters and a glycol chiller for them. Um, nice. Yep. It it well, well it, it it's it's nice, especially when they ask you to beta test and say, Hey, you know, we'll give you a deal on this equipment. So right. when well, you can actually do it. But yeah, you
3: know, one of the one of the things I think that's been amazing is those all-in ones, <laughs> you know, like the grandfather yeah. and mm-hmm. or the Brazil or the RoboBrew or the Founder or whatever. Like mm-hmm. those have come along and I swear they've made homebrewing so much simpler, like doing mm-hmm. all drawing um because i used to have over in the corner i used to have a big three-tier system with giant vessels and propane burners and, blah, 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 and i found mm-hmm. i never wanted to brew on it and then i got this mm-hmm. grandfather and i was like oh that's fun
2: <laughs> yeah well what's what's really fun man is it's so fast and easy I, I mean you know it's like when i get done brewing on my g40 i can be cleaned up in like 15 minutes and done and back in the house to have a beer Uh, neither one of us drinks while we're brewing so we like to just get it done and over with and then start drinking heavily but we Man, have fun you, right? you
1: guys don't drink while you breathe. Don't drink while you
2: podcast. We are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we, we, we just have, know our limitations. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, first of yeah. all, this episode is brought to you by the Grainfather. Yeah. The Grainfather. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We got it. We got gifted um a couple grandfathers and we've had a ton They're of fun yeah. with yeah. them. And the, the only issue, the only reason why Tyler doesn't happen at her house is because she doesn't have
2: um. What two forty? Uh, yeah, yeah, two twenty or whatever. Two twenty. Well,
0: but I think they have a one ten now, so we might have to go and ask our guy.
2: Well, one yeah. one ten was yeah, one ten was the way they started, and I have, mm-hmm. I started on a one ten grandfather, moved up to a, a two forty grandfather, which was a lot better. And then since I had the 240 already installed, then it just made the, the G40 and G70 a natural. Mm. Um, much better design than the G30. A lot, it works a whole lot better. And it's, it's just, it's a breeze to clean. I can do a six-gallon batch, and I am done, cleaned up, and have everything put away three and a half hours after I walk into the garage to start brewing. And it's like,
1: nice. I'm not, I'm
2: not in a hurry, but I don't like wasting time either, mm-hmm. you know? because you could you're waiting to drink that that's what i understand And and the reason i don't drink when i brew is because i am just like dead ass lazy and if (laughs) if i drink when i brew then by the time i get to the cleanup and stuff it's like oh screw it i don't want to deal with it but i'm also ocd enough that i can't walk out of the garage until everything is cleaned up and put away Mm. same so Mm -hmm. you know yeah Oh, sorry.
3: I try my my best to just keep things split up. Like I'll come back, uh, like later on. I'll try and brew, and then come back later because then I'll go hang out with my wife for a little bit, and then come back and go. Okay, now I'm going to clean up for a little bit, and then keep everything. But yeah, I'm like Denny. If if I get if I get too deep in my cups, I either make mistakes or I just get tired. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: And I get tired really easily because I'm old. (laughs) Poor boy.
0: I felt like I had the hang of the G30, and then um, I was like, "You, Denny, I got one of those G40s before anyone oh, else got one." I think and I, it, was we, it was pretty killer. The sight glass alone, I thought, was like, "Oh yeah, 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 that's <laughs> nice." But it doesn't. There's a couple things I I liked the way the counter flow chiller sits on top of the G30. It wasn't an option
2: on the G40. Husband. See, and I never I never put it on top anyway. Oh. Because oh, okay. I was always having to, like, t- you know, get down in there and scrape off the filter on the G30 that would get all clogged up and everything. Mm. So I would always just set my uh, chiller on an overturned bucket right next to the, the G30, you know, yeah. instead of on top. Well, that's what you do now. Yeah, that's what the I G4. do now. Yeah. And
0: also the G30 has um, the distilling – oh, here <laughs> go. Emerge. The, a distilling feature.
2: Yeah. Which, for me, doesn't make any difference. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm I'm not much of a hard liquor drinker, other than mm-hmm. gin and tonics in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that that's another thing Drew and I agree on is gin and tonic. Okay, what's your favorite gin? Uh <laughs> oh.
0: Um,
3: you know, for the longest time, my favorite blend was I would blend Plymouth because it's so dry and woody. Uh, but I would blend it with Hendrix because Hendrix is relatively sweet, sweet. in the back end, and do mm-hmm. that about half and half. And I found like you got a good you got a good blend. If I'm just doing a single gin, uh, these days a lot of times I'll reach for um, like Saint George's, uh, like uh, either the Terroir or or their straight gin.
2: Terroir, Terroir. Uh, I'm I'm not nearly that sophisticated, man. Yeah. Bombay Sapphire, and I'm good.
1: <laughs> I can't drink gin anymore because I drank too much of it one night and uh, <laughs> had the worst hangover in my life the oh, next day
2: so i love it yeah. that, that happened to me with mead uh you know oh, cool. <laughs> just after i'd just after i'd started uh home brewing, right uh, the 1999 2000 year you know new year's came up and we decided we were going to have a big party. We live way out in the country, right? So we invited all these people. Everybody brought sleeping bags and stuff so they didn't have to drive home afterwards. And I had just, uh, along with a couple of friends, made my first batch of barley wine. And my business partner had just made his first batch of be- mead. So we spent all night nice and long <laughs> drinking barley wine and mead. And... That, oh my God uh, that is that has got to be the worst hangover I've ever had <laughs> and ever, ever since uh, plus I had one more uh, bad experience with mead at the homebrew conference in 2006, and ever since then, I just cannot drink mead anymore Mead, It's not for everyone. I just actually had
1: some <laughs> mead from Lori. She brought it over here. It's pretty good blueberry mead. It's yeah. all right. Yeah.
3: Well, and I'll tell you, I'm I'm constantly impressed. To like my my homebrew club, the Falcons, will have a a yearly bean tasting, and everybody in the club brings. That's when they bring their meads, and you know, for something that we don't talk a lot about, holy crap! Uh, some of the people in the club are whizzes at making mead. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I've
0: I have found that people that are whizzes of making mead actually do like to talk about it. Oh yeah. Yeah, but they
3: they tend not to talk about it during the homebrew club meeting because somehow they got this idea like. Yeah, it's like somehow. Oh no, that's just about beer. It's like no, bring the mead, damn it. Come on, let's get
1: let's get all. Actually,
0: I was just thinking the other day that it's weird that like mead and beer gets grouped together all the time because they're such very very different. Two different yeah, time is, frames, and, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, you would think that like mead, cider, and wine should all be together because they're all mm-hmm. effectively wines. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for whatever if for whatever reason, uh, mead and uh, mead and cider got assigned to the brewers.
0: Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. Oh, well.
1: <laughs> I want to get I, back to you guys, is um, because you said you kind of you know made brewing a little bit simpler for yourselves over time, which yeah makes sense. I mean, you know, you're not after a while if if the technology is available then why not get into it i always get because we sell we sell bruzillas here we have very huge fans of bruzillas at this particular homebrew shop and sometimes people come in and like oh the bruzilla, like you just push a button right and it's like <laughs> no yeah. you know i mean there's you know there's a couple buttons you push but <laughs> but you still need to you still need to know like the brewing process in order to like get it through so you know, I used to have still, you know, do the cooler and stuff like that. I've since, I just do brew in a bag um, with a, with a rims tube. Makes it super, it's basically a grain with propane type of setup. Yeah, yeah. And it's we, just because my electricity at my apartment is super sketchy. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: what? Here in we, we both, know. Yeah. We both used to use uh, Pico Brew Zymatics right mm, okay all uh, right you know that that are as close to a completely automated brewing system as you can get uh, Oh, there's breweries <laughs> over there, over there. Dust. Uh, yeah in the unused equipment pile um and and people would always say that about the zymatic and it just it was a sign of their, their ignorance and not realizing what it was all about, because you still, you still make the recipe, you still crush the grain. You still have to figure out how to get the right proportions of everything. You still have to freaking ferment it afterwards. Yeah, The only thing that these systems do is eliminate the drudgery Mm -hmm. and (laughs) homebrewers, homebrewers are a weird group of people because they're the only people I know who take pride in doing needless work. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Very it's true. like the harder you work, the more of a home brewer you are. And it's like, man, that is stupid.
0: You know, it's not right. It's like
2: yeah. you want you want to brew smart. You know, yeah, you don't you don't want to have to do all that lifting and carrying and dumping hot water on your legs and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> been um, there, I mean, done that. Exactly, we all have. Um, so it's like, you know, things that eliminate the effort, you know, the, the, the stuff that you don't want to do anyway, that's not like cheating when you brew that's being smart.
3: Mm. I mean, go look at like any of your big craft breweries, right? You know, you go look at Sierra Nevada, you go, I mean, hell, you go look at like, uh, Integrin in, in Park, right. Which isn't even that large of a brewery yeah. automated to the hilt. Yes, you know, because uh, there's no there's no great value in. Yes, I did grains out with a shovel and I broke my back.
2: Thank you very much. <laughs> no. Yeah. How how does that and, it, and it's a hobby, you know? For God's sake, you know. Right. How does how does doing more work enhance the enjoyment of your hobby? Uh, it, for me, at least, it doesn't. It's just sweat equity, man. You taste the sweat. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> your beer tastes like sweat anyway. So. Ooh.
1: The beer's got to
3: taste like sweat and blood it's for true. it to be real beer. So,
0: and remember <laughs> future urine anyway. <laughs> so, no.
3: but I mean, honestly look at like where you know, so Denny and I both started in, in the late 90s. Look at where homebrewings come right along the way. Yeah, in terms of like things like the Brazil or the Grandfathers, mm-hmm. even brewing a bag. I mean, right, if, yeah. if brewing a bag had been around when I was starting, odds were pretty good that that's how I would have started brewing, right? Yeah. Because yeah, it just makes sense. And I lived in a freaking apartment. Like yeah. I was a weirdo. I had I had a bunch of pots hanging out on a, in my dining room. Uh, <laughs> I could have just done it with one pot in a bag and been fine. Um, so genius. And I think
1: I got this honestly from an episode you guys did. It might have been one of your own or you, inter- you were interviewing interviewed by someone, but you're saying like earlier in the, in the days of homebrewing, the only reference homebrewers had was commercial brewing. So it made sense to have hot liquor, hot liquor, tank, mash, tun, boil kettle, that whole setup. But you know, in this day and age, yeah, it's, if it's simpler, let's just all make brewing at, ha- you know, better and happier for our, ourselves,
3: you know, <laughs> yeah. well, why not? Yeah. But to me, to me, one of the problems is, I mean, look, I'm super busy. I've got a ton of things that need to get done. You know, it's like, I got to work on something on my house. I got to do something for work. I got to do something for not work. My side hustle. I got to brew. You know, I want to brew the more, the more I can make brewing easy
2: mm-hmm. and
3: simple for me, the more likely I am to do it. Remember when I talked about the fact that I had that big system over there in the corner of the, the, the garage, I never wanted to brew. And I, and I almost really stopped being a brewer for a while because it was just so much freaking hassle to wheel the thing out and Get it all set up and get everything fired up and Like it took me like an hour just to get To brewing right. So the, the fact that now We've gone through our processes and changed Them up and made it so that We s- still produce high quality Beer but it takes us much less time And it takes us much less effort Means that I can squeeze in a brew around Like going doing the grocery shopping and making dinner Right you now
0: all right. So. so considering your experience <laughs> and you're both both you have very similar uh ethos, philosophies when it comes to homebrewing. And since homebrewing is about always learning, we would love to hear, and I'm I'll I'll start with you, Denny, and then I'll ask you, Drew, what's like your newest freshest homebrew hack?
1: Ooh.
2: Ooh. I know. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh.
0: it doesn't matter how even if even if it's just like one little thing you're doing different and it, just tell us give it to us
1: <laughs> drew's like let me look around real quick
0: <laughs>
2: I hey, mean, why I, not? Uh, mine i guess mine centers <laughs> more on philosophy right okay go uh-huh. ahead uh i've spent i've spent 24 years learning the science behind brewing and how everything works and what does what and how things interact and my latest hack is taking the principles and throwing the details out the window because once you understand i mean i tell people that i learned the science and came out the other side. Uh, because once you learn the science, you know, what matters, you know, for instance, the, the latest homebrew boogeyman is oxidation, right? Everybody is worried about oxidation. Mm-hmm. And in the 24 years I've been brewing, it's gone from one thing to another that the homebrewers get freaked out about So these days it's oxidation. You see all these devices people make to drop dry hops into your fermenter without opening the fermenter and stuff like that. But I know from science that if I open that fermenter for three seconds and pour my dry hops in and close it right back up, it's fine. Fine. I, I, the CO2 blanket overall is, is a myth, but it does exist to some extent. Right. Gases are going to mix over time, Mm -hmm. but they they're not going to mix inside of my eight gallon stainless steel fermenter in the three seconds it takes me to drop in my hops. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I pull the top, I put in the hops, I close it back up. Everything's cool, you know. And so my, my hack is knowing the science well enough to know what I can ignore. Like By the way, that.
3: thanks for reminding me. I got to dry hop an IPA after we're done. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. And then for me, uh, I, for me, I guess it's more, uh, two processes that I think one, one of which uh, both Dan and I've been playing around with, which actually goes back to dry hopping, which is doing shorter, colder dry hops. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's gaining a lot of traction in the professional world as well. I keep talking to more and more brewers who are doing it that way. And so, like, literally, like last night, I had an IPA that was had a wonderful hop aroma to it, dry hopped for two days at 56 degrees, right?
2: Okay. And
3: there's some of the stuff from Tom Shellhammer that's come out. where talking about, like, dry hopping down almost near freezing.
2: I dry hop at 35 for 48 yep. to 72 hours. Yeah, okay. and that fav-
3: that favors the extraction of linalool, right? One of one of those essential oils. Um, so that's one thing. Because hey, guess what? I like the idea of being able to dry hop for less time because it means I get the beer into the keg faster, <laughs> right? Well, and, and not beer. only that,
2: but you you you're not extracting all those tannins that cause right. your beer to be astringent. You know, you're not reabsorbing um,
3: IBUs. You're not doing a whole right. a whole thing of
0: downstream. Yeah, results. hold yeah, on, we, hold on, hold on. What are you? Okay, hold on. Just tell us your your dry hop rules then, Mm -hmm. Tim? Pretty uh, pretty simple.
3: It's, uh, one, you got to pay attention to what the Shell Hammers put together as sort of a limit on what's the maximal effective dose, which I think is what, two and a half ounces per five-gallon batch? Keep
2: keep it under eight grams per liter,
3: eight grams per liter, which works out, I think, of about two and a half ounces per five gallons or something. Uh, But then the other one is... (laughs) stop abusing the cat man <laughs>
2: <laughs> she loves it
3: <laughs> but the other one then is if you drop the temperature of the beer and then dry, uh, dry hop at say like as nay does at 38 it favors the extraction of linalool as opposed to the other oils uh, and that's something that you can steer based on what sort of oil extraction you want so th- this one i'm doing right now because it's not going to be a little heavy beer i'm going to do it more at like 55. but the other thing that they found is if you're only in there for two days Two days is all you need to yeah. actually pull all the hop oils out. After that, what starts to happen is the uh, the hop matter itself starts to actually reabsorb isomerized alpha acids, it makes your beer less mm-hmm. bitter. And then you also, uh, because of the uh, pH and all this other sort of fun stuff, you start to get that green leafy hop burn, that astringency yeah. over time. And so mm-hmm. it's not just a, a matter of efficiency in terms of like being able to turn the beer around a lot faster. It's also about being able to actually get a better experience. And it just turns out to be simple.
2: And, you know, and I, I don't make Northeast IPAs or New England IPAs, whatever. I, I, I just don't like them. Uh, mm. But even the people who make those beers have gone to this short, cold, dry hopping because it really, you know, the hop burn that you get from a New England IPA. Yeah. That, that's from the tannins in the hops and the huge hop load being in there for so long at lower temperatures and a lot of people who are making that style <laughs> speaking of <laughs> my kitty tail <laughs> have started have started uh, going to the short cold dry hopping too because they get you know, an equally good dry hop character <laughs> and they don't get the hopper.
3: <laughs> all right. Denny, so, you, you've created the monster, man.
1: <laughs> back back to podcasting. As soon as you yeah. start podcasting, I mean, and you have cast. a cat. Your yes. cat is
3: going to be all over your microphone, oh, yeah. your
1: laptop oh, all the time.
3: Oh, <laughs> so if, if you listen, if, whole, whole, if you listen closely to the tour to podcast, one you'll usually hear uh, one of Danny's dogs like Janie or Brittany uh, barking in the background. And if you listen really, really careful, you can hear my old man Sammy, the 17 year old chihuahua, snoring.
2: Yeah. Because
3: he, he's on a bed behind me as I'm recording it. If, if,
2: if you listen real carefully, and why the hell anybody would want to do that, I don't know. But if you listen real <laughs> carefully to our podcasts, you can almost always hear animals in the background. Um, and, Jenny, you know, and, and one sorry, of the things ahead. that we, we do with the podcast is you know we, we uh, have a Patreon link that we ask people to do, and we contribute that money to a charitable cause. We pick two a year and give all our patron money to, to those charitable causes Mm -hmm. and the charitable causes are almost always animals or kids with cancer, (laughs) you know, Uh, veterans, and veterans veterans. yeah i mean our charity right now is an organization that takes rescue dogs and trains them to be companions for veterans with ptsd and other issues you know and you know we just we just love doing that we're not in this to make money you know we're in this because we love beer we love talking about beer and we love helping people right so you know, as far as I know, we're one of the few podcasts out there who's constantly raising money for charity every episode. Yep. That's yeah, awesome.
3: That, and that, was, that was one of those other concepts that I think came into the show almost immediately, too. Uh, was, was having that because it was like, well, okay, let's do a Patreon. But, you know, we don't really need the money because we were able to fund all the equipment and, and the hosting ourselves. So right, right. let's go do something good with it, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like we've done a lot of different animal charities, including, uh, I think my favorite one, the one that made me sad was I lost, uh, like, I think in the first year of the podcast, I lost my favorite dog ever, uh, suddenly. Aww. And, you know, she had heart had attack and, and we lost her. And so all the listeners donated a lot more money than, than I thought they were going to, to go to the shelter that I adopted her from.
2: Yeah.
3: And so that was, you know, that's a nice thing well jenny i know you
1: you and the you know in our back and forth and email you you brought up a really good topic that you wanted and we're you know we have a few minutes left but i i thought it was great and um basically like you know the purpose of any podcast um how to connect with the audience communication like i mean we started our podcast um just as a an alternative to the brewing homebrewing podcast that existed you know it's you know yes we're women cool we can give our perspective on things but also just to kind of like you guys you guys are casual with your your podcast we wanted to provide like a casual light light conversation yeah. about homebrewing mm-hmm. brewing talk to some cool people etc so that was like our our purpose behind starting it um do you guys want to go into like you know your your podcast
2: well i mean you know it's like no matter what your topic is you know whether it's it's cars or beer or pets or whatever whatever your podcast is about the reason you're doing it is not just to hear yourself talk at least supposedly that's the reason the idea is to to connect with people and get information out with that out to them right and make them feel like they're sitting there with you and you need to not talk above their heads, which is something that we are often guilty of, you know, using all the various brewing acronyms and stuff like that. Um, you know, and referring to processes that we may know about that other people don't. So you have to be conscious of, if you do that, then you have to stop right there and explain what you're talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, Mm -hmm. You know, especially in homebrewing, there's going to be a good portion of the audience who catches all that stuff. But there are going to be people who've been brewing like for a week and aren't going to have any idea what you're talking about. So always, always visualize like the people that you're talking to and, you know, visualize the look of confusion on their faces. You're saying something that they might not understand. Uh, the other thing is He's something
3: much that rather than I am.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I, yeah. The, Drew Drew is really great at throwing out acronyms and zipping along. And, and I mean, like, you guys okay, have been in the game for a while. It, it's hard not to it's yeah, especially when you're in. Similar you're right. It, it, it's very hard, but you have to like get into a different headspace, right? And maybe because yeah. I mean, you know, I spent 30 years in my studio recording voiceovers for films and TV and stuff like that. So you know, I, I that kind of becomes the purpose of what you're doing and the other thing is something that i always say to drew which is go ahead you know what it is
3: slow down you're trying to communicate
2: yeah drew has has often likened himself to a squirrel on meth (laughs) Uh,
3: No, no 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 a chipmunk on double espresso well
2: Okay, or a squirrel enough. <laughs> either either same way, thing, same yeah, thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know? tomato, tomato. So, And you know, and I, I, I can get going into a run and do that too. So you have to like be conscious. I mean, the just not talking, but you have to mm-hmm. be conscious of how people are accepting and hearing and reacting to what you're saying. And there are times when I consciously slow myself down. Uh, where I've said something and I do think, okay, now wait a minute, I'm going to do a retake because there's a better way to say that, that will explain what I'm getting at better, you know? So while it's really fun to get together and talk about beer and, and do all this stuff, you have to always keep in mind what the purpose behind it is. Yep. Well, and, and also to that sort
3: of notion about the audience, one of the big, uh, particularly early on when we started now keep in mind how the podcasting landscape is and you know how much of the podcast uh, market out there is a bunch of white dudes talking right um one of the things i took great pride in that when we were early on in the in the process was we got a lot of messages from uh, various women who were listening to the podcast one thanking us for keeping it clean and two we were talking a lot about um you know sort of equality and and sort of anti-harassment type stuff very early in the process and so we got a lot of we got a lot of good feedback from listeners out there that there was a whole market out there of women who wanted to listen to a podcast learn about beer and not feel like they're part of a sexist joke or being talked down to
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. and so
3: that that kept us going too
2: and we we have always made it a uh a, a principal to not like have any swearing or anything like that. If one of our guests does, then I just beep it out. Yeah, and... which by the way is really hard for me because I swear like a yeah, yeah, both of us. Both it's of us, really tough for us. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you know what? We have gotten so many emails from people to say, Thank you so much for making it so I can listen to this podcast when I'm taking my kids to school.
0: That's a good, point. You know? uh, good point.
2: Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. And it, it, to us, it just does not make sense to artificially limit your audience in any way. You know, it, it's hard enough to get them there in the first place. Uh, you know, and that, that yeah, I was going to say that gets to a question we have here on tips mm-hmm. for growing your podcast. I don't have any. How do you guys? Do you guys make a conscious effort to try and grow your podcast? I mean, we light candles and pray at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the way we are. We put it out there and just hope that word of mouth and quality will be enough to, to do that, you know? Uh, I, mean, uh, I think the, the, the idea that your podcast has to be
0: listened to by everyone. I, I just like chatting with my friend. And there are things that we recognize about our podcast that make it not as popular or listened to as other podcasts. For example, we only release every other week and um, we do cuss and we do drink um, and we do take breaks. So, I mean, (laughs) that right there, I think.
3: (laughs) uh, By the way, one of the things that you mentioned there, uh, the release Mm -hmm. schedule, that's actually pretty big. uh, And Mm -hmm. it's actually something that we've had to get back onto. When we first started the podcast we were we were a freaking machine like the first year was just the one show and it was every other week pink 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 pink, pink. uh and then we introduced the brew files and didn't even force me to start editing also forced me to hate the sound of my own voice mm. over recording um which i don't think anybody likes the sound of their voice over recording and we, we were then doing every week when COVID hit it all kind of went squirrel butt and then now we're getting back into trying to do every week, every week, every week,
2: mm-hmm. just
3: because one of the biggest ways that you build audience is to put it out there on socials that hey, hey, you know, there's a new episode and to be consistent about it. Right. And so it's, yeah. it's just how, how it works. And also getting over the fact that you hate the sound of your own voice. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, when we started, we were putting out an episode every week and it became extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Like me and Lori have like crazy schedules yeah. as is. And so we're like, all right, next season, because we go by seasons, we'll do every other week. And it's worked out great. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of it's just a lot less stressful.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, oh, it, makes, so it keeps it fun for us at w- least. We're down to our last 30 seconds here, mm, and we okay. have to give away two books. Uh oh. Mm. And I I don't know exactly how we're going to do this. Melissa, we're, how are we gonna do this? I, 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 got, <laughs> I, I got I got an idea. <laughs> I
3: got an idea. Yeah. How about the you know the first two people to correctly name one of our one of our pets in the chat because okay. we put it in the chat.
2: <laughs> okay, Ooh. first first two people to name one of our pets because we put all of our pets' names in the chat. Mm-hmm. The first <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, there's There's oh, one. Okay, okay.
3: Rocky's out of the pool, no longer any okay. Rocky.
0: Okay, give me another pet name. I wonder if True people know my me. cat's name. Oh, oh we all God, got Rocky. Everybody's got Rocky.
2: Tip. <laughs> okay. Well... Ooh. Britain will do. Britain, Rocky and Britain. That'll it's do. That. Okay. So, Kelsey. Janae. <laughs> <and> Kelsey Meeps. <laughs>
3: Janae,
1: Janae and, Renee.
2: and Renee. Okay. You two, would you please write to podcast at experimentalbrew.com and give us your names and addresses and we'll get books sent out to you? That would be Janae awesome. and Renee. All right. Podcast, podcast. at
3: experimentalbrew.com.
2: Right, and our our guy Brian,
0: if you could put our um, Instagram links in there, that would be great too. Thanks,
2: you guys. In case we get shut off and don't have a chance to say it, thank you so much for asking us to do this. This was so much fun. It was really fun. Yes. I we had a great time. Yeah, it was very a great time. Fun, Thanks to chill. Michelle for
0: suggesting it. Yeah. I, I I
2: I think we'll have to uh, return the favor by having you guys on Experimental Brewing to just shoot. Oh, the it shit would be an someday. honor. It
0: would be super fun.
2: We're happy to.
3: I'm just going to have to go shoot up the 210 one day and across the 118. And yeah. Come, come over there.
2: Yeah. Whatever he says. <laughs> we love it. Yeah. We
0: love Ennegrin, by the way. We heard you just drop that a second ago. Oh, yeah.
3: I, I, I have a, I have a can of Ennegrin's uh, uh, Doppelbach that I need to send to Denny because mm. that beer is. It's so good. It's very good.
2: Yeah, yeah the, the, last beer, the last beer he was going to send me, it sat on his desk for a year and. Before I said, forget it. I don't want
3: it anymore. But but did
2: he send it though?
3: (laughs) But uh, no, no, he never did. If if you all are anybody who's in the LA area, definitely make sure that you take a side trip over to Anagram and the other one that we were talking about uh, behind the scenes, uh, uh, Shadow Grove, uh, which is a relatively new brewery. But Mm, yeah, and uh, but that that ordinary bitter is that is so good.
1: I went and I had a, I had a pint and then I went back for another one and they're like, yeah, we just kicked it. And I was like, ah, OK, but at least I had some before it kicked. So
0: well, thanks, everyone, go. for joining us. And Drew and Denny, you guys are total legends. Thanks for coming on and for being so cool. Uh, Drew, we'll see you next weekend. Um, yes. Just act normal, please. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm so afraid of getting sued. I'm afraid of getting way too drunk that weekend. And Denny, we'll catch you in Brazil. Sitter. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
3: Here's here's my advice for SCHF. Uh, one, I always do the uh, the morning volunteer shift, so I get two hours into the festival without having anything first.
0: Yes. And, right. and
3: then. I always make sure that every two samples that I have, I go and I have some water. Okay, because, 2 I'm going to do that. Yeah, because trying to do it every one just is an invita- invitation to go. Key. I
0: lose track when you're just when it's just
2: samples. It's just. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Right. Suddenly it's thirty samples. And yeah, you're going, what is that? just a couple of glasses. All right, <laughs> just guys. a sip. It's Just yeah. a sip. Come on.
1: All right, guys. Well, I got to go. I have a, a thing I got to go to after this. <laughs> but like we said, it was so great to talk to you guys. And yeah, we'll talk again very, very soon, I'm sure. I hope so. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. I don't Bye. even know how to leave this.
2: <laughs> I, got, I got that. Thank you all very much oh, for doing thanks, this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. Um, And uh, yeah, we have, I think, just two more sessions of the day. It looks like uh, in about 11 minutes, there is... Uh, Women in Beer, A Roundtable Discussion, and Raw Beer, Authentic and Innovative. Uh, So,
1: yeah, good sessions. Uh, Thank you again very much. Thanks. Bye. See See ya. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Brewed Up Podcast and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Want more Brewed Up? Check out our Patreon page. For a few bucks a month, patrons have access to video recordings of our episodes, exclusive recipes, and all sorts of bonus
0: content. Brewed Up is pleased to have the support of the American Homebrewers Association. Consider joining and get access to hundreds of solid homebrew recipes, techniques, community, and of course, random pictures of us brewing. The Brewed Up music is produced by LA legend producer Elusive. Yeah.